Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Brady Kramer about the gift of depression. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They've greatly helped me and many others, and you can find them online at MN functionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com. Today, my guest is Brady Kramer, and Brady was born in Philadelphia and received a full athletic scholarship to play hockey at Providence College. He was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens out of high school. His athletic career includes induction into the Athletic Hall of Fame, playing for the U.S. World Junior National Hockey Team, captain of the Providence College Hockey Team, and participation in the U.S. Olympic Hockey Festival. Kramer signed with the Montreal Canadiens in 1995, and after playing 18 minor league games, he retired as a result of anxiety and depression. Concussions were a major part of his athletic career, receiving as many as seven diagnosed and undiagnosed injuries. Kramer is now the owner of BCTK, a company that manages the operations and logistics of corporate incentive and business travel programs. So welcome to the podcast, Brady. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, well, thank you, Amy, for having me, and it uh, it truly is my pleasure to be on your show, and thank you for all the, the great work you do in, um, you know, to continuing to show the faces of TBI. Thank you. So, Brady, I, I'd love to just maybe start with, you know, you know, where has your journey started? And, you know, you played high school hockey, you played college hockey, you played some minor league hockey, um, you know, and as the light is starting to be shed on the concussion epidemic, um, you know, looking back, did you know that you were getting concussions back then? Or would you say nobody really knew what it was? You know, it's interesting, Amy, because in my particular case, um, you know, we were on top of it. We, um, you know, I received my first concussion um, similar to yourself at age five with a, um, a fall on the ice. And um, then, um, you know, I, I think, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, 
Um, I had at least one or two more concussions by the time I was 10, 11 years old, at which point after the third concussion, you know, I did go see a neurologist. And, um, you know, they cleared me to play. Um, I, you know, we were aware of, you know, the repercussions and, and the, you know, possible dangers. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're a 12 year old aspiring athlete and you have really two very, very loving parents, they want to do anything you can to try to get you back on that ice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I assume you were playing at a certain level that not all high school kids play at, you know, if, if you got an athletic scholarship and you're playing minor league, you, you were playing at a different level than just your average kids. So I, I would imagine your drive to continue getting back out on the ice was even more than, you know, possibly some of the other kids. Absolutely. And, you know, Amy, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the traumatic injury <laughs> yeah. or, you know, or just genetics or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, you know, um, hockey was my identity. You know, hockey was how um, people knew who Brady Kramer was. And, you know, to take that away to a young boy would have been essentially to take away everything he had been trained and told that he was, and that was a hockey player. And so, you know, the, and, you know, to answer your question as well, you know, yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Um, I, I was, again, you know, given the opportunity by my parents to play on some really successful teams with some successful, um, you know, players at a very young age. And that continued. Um, in fact, you know, I was living in Philadelphia at the time of my third concussion, which led to the neurologist visit. And that um, particular concussion, I was playing on a team out of New York with about 15 to 18, you know, young boys that eventually most of would go to play on at division one level and, or in the NHL. So, you know, it was, it was a very, very competitive um, and, you know, um, exciting time for me. You know, so Brady, knowing now, what you know about concussions, um, you know, would that have changed any of your decisions back then? Or do you think, you know, when you're in high school, you kind of just, you're invincible, right? So do you think knowing what you know now, do you think that would have changed your perspective on concussions back then? Well, you know, I can answer in it, that question, Amy, and it's a great question because I've definitely given it some soul searching and some thought, and I can answer it in two ways. I would not change anything about, as I sit here as a 45-year-old man, about my past. Um, I love where I am in life. Um, I, um, I talk about the gift of depression because it truly does give me um, tremendous joy to be able to talk to someone like yourself about the experience that I've had through my life and how I can sit here today and see, wow, you know, that really benefited me in the long run because, you know, as I've mentioned before, you know, I have a PhD at times in emotional suffering and (laughs) I don't, you know, and I don't expect someone, you know, 
that has never had a concussion or never had depression to understand what I'm saying, but there's so many people out there suffering that for them, you know, I think they can talk to me and we can make each other feel better because we come from a common ground. Now, having said everything there, I look to it as, you know, if I had a child and the truth of the matter is, you know, if I had a young child, I don't know that I would allow him to play after the first, maybe second concussion, just because there's so much we don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I can totally relate to what you're saying, you know, with, even with my injury, um, you know, mine was just simply an accident and you, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, like if you could go back, you know, would you have not chosen to go out that day? Right. Um, and I, you know, I, I believe things happen for a reason and I'm here doing the work I'm doing because of that split second. And I, you know, I have no regrets. I, I mean, the first two and a half years were horrible, horrible. Would I want to relive that? No, (laughs) but you know, now that I'm here on the other side of that, um, doing the work that you and I both are doing, it's so important to help other people, um, going through, you know, they're in that first two and a half years that I was in. Um, and if I would have had the resources, you know, that I know now back then, I think it would have changed my, my, my trajectory of my recovery. And, and absolutely, Amy. And, and again, you know, the, um, you know, uh, again, there lies the rub almost, you know, what do you right. tell an athlete these days, you know, who is, you know, wants to play a sport, wants to move, you know, wants all of, all of what comes with sports, I guess you just try to show them, you know, what else comes with sports. And, and that's where for mm-hmm. me, as exactly as you mentioned, you know, I was the athletic director at a pretty, you know, fairly large school here in Philadelphia for about a year and a half. And with my athletes, we never talked about winning or losing because it just doesn't matter to me anymore. It really doesn't. What I tried to tell them was about life. And, you know, the experience of the concussions, the experience of, um, as we mentioned, for me, I'm, you know, almost six years sober. That experience is the experience, you know, for me that I wouldn't take back because I can look at these kids and I can look them in the eye and they know I'm not, their BS meter does not go off. And they know that. And that is really important because they're the ones that are probably going to be taking care of you and I, Amy. <laughs> so we've yes. got we to uh-huh. make sure. But it just gives me great joy to share my story with you, to hear of your story. Um, I always thought, you know, scoring the game-winning goal, you know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs would be my dream. But now I'm living my dream every day because of, unfortunately, what happened to both of us, but that we've been able to turn it around and, and really do some great things with it. So Brady, you, you mentioned in your bio that you played about 18 minor league games before choosing to retire due to anxiety and depression. Um, I'd like to get into that a little bit more. And um, do you feel the anxiety and depression, you know, were symptoms of the concussions? 
Yeah, and, and that's, gosh, it's such a hard one to, um, to really put my finger on. My first, um, my first real battle with depression came in fifth grade um, where, you know, again, you know, I'm sure with the knowledge that you have, you know, we go with, you know, brain chemistry, we go with, you know, the, the talk therapy, but at the end of the day, I had taken um, a large dose of steroids in order to uh, prednisone to work with a poison ivy that I was having. And almost instantaneously, you know, I, I became very, very depressed and very scared. Now, that was after, you know, I'd already had three concussions, you know, at this point in my life. So then goes the question, which I still think about, you know, was my brain chemistry in a state where, you know, one thing where changing it with this steroid altered it to where it went as a result of these concussions? I don't know. So then I go to, you know, my pro career, um, you know, the truth be told, which I've always told people, um, you know, that I just was injured and I, I decided to retire because, I mean, nobody could understand after yeah. 18 pretty successful games in the minor leagues um, and being the next guy up on the NHL club, why I just one day said, you know, I won't do this anymore. And the truth is I just used to put, chalk that up to having had concussions and be injured. But the reality was the concussion may have been the underlying it revealed itself in this tremendous anxiety and depression, which all was precipitated by a fight in which I got into in my first game. And, you know, for lack of the gory details, I do well. Um, <laughs> so I lived with this fear and this anxiety and this depression. Now, you know, we now know, you know, many athletes live with this fear. Um, many yeah. live with that anxiety. Um, for me personally, it, it, it just wasn't the risk and reward was not worth it anymore because I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Um, you know, good games were actually just survival games. So, you know, when you go into that whole question, I don't think I'll ever know. I just can't discredit with all we do know about concussions that, you know, this started the ball rolling and it went from there to, you know, a, a, a thing where, you know, not only, you know, had I trained myself to live in fear, but I had also, you know, continued to rattle my eggshell. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, you know, that's the thing with, with you, you know, you knew you had concussions and, and, and you were still playing and possibly, you know, getting more minor ones that you didn't even maybe know that you were still receiving. Um, you know, with me, you know, I know I never... I, I, I wouldn't say that I ever really suffered from depression or anxiety, you know, like, you know, the typical, you get really nervous before a big trip or giving a presentation, but, but nothing substantial. And man, those first, I, I still struggle a little bit. It's gotten a lot better, but those first couple years were just awful. I lived in constant fear of falling, you know, whether it was the ice, or even in the summer, I was outside walking on gravel, and I was scared I was going to slip and fall. Um, you know, so that stuff's very real. And I think, you know, when we're 
we're thrust into that situation that we've never experienced before. It's so foreign to us. And it's very scary because you don't know what it is. Like, I didn't know I was having anxiety. I didn't, I didn't understand for a long time that that's what was happening to me and, and why I was having it, you know? Um, you know, like you said, you were fearful of getting in another fight. Those hockey fights are not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and that's why, Amy, not to like, you know, switch motions on you, but like what you said again you know, I just sit here and I'm smiling from ear to ear because that, again, is this gift of depression because I get to hear yeah. what you just said, and it is exactly the way I'm feeling. And, you know, you, you know, I guess in, in 14, you know, at the age of 20, right, had your first, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> had your first traumatic brain injury. I had my first at five. So yeah. I don't really know a time when I didn't suffer as, you know, you know, it, having my first episode in fifth grade, I don't really know a time when I, I didn't suffer from anxiety and depression. And then, you know, you talked about the falling and the this and the that. Well, you know, my, you know, orthopedic folder looks like the encyclopedia, you know, <laughs> it, you know, two broken jaws, two broken collarbones, wow. broken clavicle, you know, or, you know, broken scapula. And so, you know, I will be the first to admit, you know, I lived in fear all my life because, you know, at the end of the day, I got hurt a lot. And, you know, there was a time in high school, my senior year, where I was literally playing with a broken jaw, a broken wrist, and just healing off a broken scapula. And, you know, you can, you continue to tell your mind that, you know, this is a scary situation. This is a scary situation. The mind is strong enough to believe it. And um, so, yeah, there's, you know, in hearing what you said, it's like an aha moment or what I like to call a God shot um, that, gosh, you know, no wonder, you know, of course the concussions had something to do with it. The injuries in general, you know, trained my mind to be yeah. scared. And be, you know, and with scared as a man, you know, you're, you're taught at a young age, you know, you shouldn't be scared. You should be tough, you know, especially as a hockey player. And the one gift, again, of, you know, this whole thing is, you know, I was a very tough hockey player, but I'm a very sensitive man. And I'm very caring and emotional. And I wouldn't have told you that, you know, with coals on my feet, you know, seven years ago. That was something that was my secret and no one was going to find out. You know, I wanted you to think that I was the tough guy that led the team in penalties, that wasn't afraid to get in a fight. And now through this gift of depression, I can come out and tell you on a, on a radio station that's being heard by, you know, plenty of people that, you know, I, I was scared. Um, I'm sensitive. I cared a lot about what you thought about me. And at the end of the day, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world if used in the right way. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I you know, I'm curious as a guy. So I know I am so much more empathetic and caring and compassionate. I mean, I always feel like I have those traits, but I feel like since my brain injury and going through this journey, I'm much more, you know, compassionate and empathetic to others. Do, do, would you say you experienced that too? 
gosh, Amy, all my life, and again, I don't, um, I don't want to paint a picture that I'm not because I'm no angel, but all my life, you know, that has been, you know, really, again, from my first depressive incident on has been now, you know, how is the other person going to feel? You know, um, mm-hmm. I did um, a, uh, well, there's two things, you know, the, the one is I did a personality test and it, um, you know, it, it just talked about the different leadership styles and my leadership style is not to go from A to B, it's to go all around, you know, B until you figure out how <laughs> you're going to do what you're going to do without yes. <laughs> injuring anybody that gets involved. And you're yeah. right. I, I, I definitely contribute that to the concussions and the brain injuries because they've made me more caring. And, you know, I, I will say I spent some time at McLean Hospital, which is interesting because I saw one of your guests was, um, I think, Dr. Stern. Yes. Up, in, yep. up at Boston University. And I've uh-huh. actually seen him after, you know, um, in 2011 when, you know, I really kind of went off the rails and um and you know one of the doctors actually said like I'm like a sports car that whose alarm goes off every time you get within a mile of me and that's how I feel like I feel like I am so concerned where everyone else is doing in terms of are you okay are you okay are you okay um which for me is a burden but it's also a gift because I like caring about other people. It makes me feel better selfishly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, you touched on this a little bit um, earlier on, but we were talking beforehand, um, before we went live about how, you know, you no longer drink. I, I, you know, made a choice that I don't want to drink alcohol anymore since my brain injury. Um, you know, what, what kind of took you to that point where you decided to give up alcohol. I, I know for me, I just would feel so crummy. Like I'd have half a glass of wine. And I mean, you know, my symptoms would all get exasperated, not to mention my balance already was horrible. And <laughs> you add some yeah. alcohol into that. You know, I just, one day it was like a light bulb went on and I was like, oh my God, alcohol's bad for your brain. Like, why am I drinking yeah. this? Um, you know, what, what kind of aha moment was it for you? Well, and, and again, the miracle of this whole thing for me is, as I mentioned, I am, you know, going on six years of sobriety, seven years without a drink. And the, just like yourself, you know, my major symptom was anxiety. Um, the depression mm-hmm. was always there. But you know what? Like I could handle that because I could still function as a depressive. The anxiety part stopped me in my tracks. And, um, and when I drank, you know, and I was in a anxious state, I became more anxious. And so actually it's interesting because I stopped drinking, um, you know, on August 30th of 2011 and, you know, I, I stopped drinking and because I knew also that it, it, it didn't help my depression. It didn't help my anxiety. And then, you know, about five or six months later, you know, I found Alcoholics Anonymous, which has essentially saved my life and, you know, brought me into a situation where, you know, I can talk freely about my struggles with emotions 
and feel safe. And, and I think that's in, you know, with the whole picture here, what we're talking about is where can you find an outlet like your show or for me, like AA, where you can talk about life and feel safe and know that people understand exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, and I think alcohol isn't talked about enough in the brain injury community. And I mean, it's a super sensitive subject, which I always find really interesting because um, I think some people use alcohol to self-medicate Um you know, they are, they're anxious and depressed. And so they think alcohol might help them not feel that. Um, I, I don't know if that was your experience or not. Um, but I hear that come up a lot with people. Um, and when I start talking, I, I mean, I, I will still have a drink if I really, 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 really want it, <laughs> but yeah. I have to want yeah. it really bad. Cause I'll, I'll try a sip of a friend. Like if they get something fancy, I'll try a sip of it and be like, eh, yeah, I don't even like it anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's just, it, it's so not worth it for me to yeah. feel that crummy, like that foggy full head feeling that I would get when I would have, like I said, just like one drink. Um, and I, I just think it's not talked enough about, and, you know, it's probably not understood enough in the medical community either. I don't know. Um, Cause I hear people say how their doctor told them, Oh, cut down, you know, cut down your drinking in half. Well, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> so if you're drinking yeah. a 12 pack a night, you can drink a six pack. <laughs> well, and, so, and that's, the, that's the rub because, you know, for me, um, I, what, what is a good and a bad thing is I don't want to drink, but I, yeah, know if either. I did, it wouldn't be one. And oh, right. Right. That was mm-hmm. always, you know, that, it, that it, since, you know, I've taken my first drink, that's always been the case. You know, I, I've never wanted to drink normally again, getting back to, you know, we could go on and on on that topic, but to stick with the traumatic brain injury, you know, um, again, this, anxiety, this depression for me has been here for such a long time. You know, when I would cover it up with alcohol, it it was the one time that, you know, I didn't care any what anyone else thought of me. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I was able to just be free. And for me, that is, you know, all kind of at the central point of, you know, three concussions, by the age of, you know, essentially 10 years old. And, you know, you turn into an individual that's just scared of everything, you know, and doesn't want anyone to know. And um, there's just too much research in what you've said to me. And then you look at these athletes that are dying and, and you look at, you know, just life, uh, uh, the people with these concussions or, or what have you. And these stories are also similar. You know, um, and and so to add a fuel like alcohol to that, which, you know, from all the research and all the, you know, information I've heard, you know, your brain chemistry gets altered anyway Mm -hmm. through your traumatic brain injury to use a substance that's going to alter it again. You know, the aftermath for that is just, you know, it's just a a recipe for disaster. Um, And, you know, for me, Unfortunately, it just worked too well, but the repercussions were always severe anxiety, 
you know, severe depression. Um, and, and so to add it now or ever was always, um, you know, was a no, no for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's one of those topics that's, I think, challenging for some people to talk about. So I'm, I'm so thankful that you're willing to talk about it and, and, you know, depression, you know, I, I just in what I've seen in my circle, um, you know, I have a Facebook group of about 9,000 people, um, but the stories are the same over and over and over and over and over again, right? They have anxiety and depression after their brain injury. And, you know, unfortunately, too many doctors turn to medications as the very first line of defense, um, which I don't always think is the right answer. Um, but, you know, it's when you've never struggled with it before, um, you know, I, I, I was a full grown adult when I had my injury and I'd never struggled with it before. And then to all of a sudden not have control of how you're, how, you know, how you react to situations, you know, that anxiety, that fear, and then that, that depression. And, it, and it's just this circle keeps running on repeat. And yeah if you've never experienced it, it's so incredibly scary and overwhelming and you think the world is crashing in on you. And so I think it's so important that we do talk about it. And, you know, I I applaud you for going out. I know you do a lot of speaking on it and, you know, it's, it's so important brain injury or not, right. You know, depression exists without brain injury and it's, it's so important um, to talk about. So, you know, I, are there any, any final thoughts that we didn't touch on? Is there anything you didn't, um, that, that we might've missed that you wanted to make sure we talked about? The, the only thing, Amy, and, and it's interesting because like, you know, last night were the ESPY awards and I realized that, you know, there's so much I've gotten from some of the, the speakers out there, um, you know, that have talked about just, you know, just struggle in general. And the one message that I've said in my speech and and will continue to say that I have, you know, realized now that I got from, from one of these speeches is that, you know, if you're struggling out there, you're not alone. You're not the only one. And, you know, and, and again, as you know, was said in one of these speeches, you know, when you're strong, help somebody else. And when you're not, you know, ask for help. And it feels like, as you probably know, when, when you're going through an episode, um, the phone feels like a brick. And um, but you know <laughs> yes. what? give yourself permission to have a bad day and know that at the end of the day, you know, together we can all get through this. And that's why I'm just so grateful to be here and just also so thankful that you're doing what you're doing. And please keep up the good work and you'll get one more Facebook follower today, I promise. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brady, for being here. This was such a great discussion. I'm, I'm so happy to have crossed paths with you and, and have you here today. Um, so thank you. And, and please continue to do this that you're doing. So thank you so much for being here, Brady. You bet. My pleasure. 
Awesome. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode and also be sure to check out facesoftbi.com for any past episodes. And again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And another big thank you to Minnesota Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. I will see you all again next time. Have a great day, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.